yeah, happy birthday to him. Hello and welcome to the Super Bayern podcast for our 18th episode. This week we'll be talking about Bayern Munich's goalless draw against Liverpool at Anfield in the Champions League round of 16 earlier this week, and their 1-0 win in the Bundesliga over Hertha Berlin yesterday. Then we'll look ahead to next weekend's clash against Gladbach. We're down a man this week, but as always, I'm Benjamin Scott, and I'm joined by Garrett Kerber. Hello, everybody. And Sebastian Zimmerman. Hi, everyone. Yeah, like I said, Bayern Munich traveled away to Liverpool earlier in this week to play the first leg of their huge Champions League round of 16 tie, and it didn't exactly go as a lot of people thought it would be. Um, goalless draw, two of the best attacking teams uh, in Europe went and put on a really defensive display from both sides. Um, to, so to, I guess to start off with a question, I'll go ahead and start with you, Sebastian. How mm-hmm. satisfied with you are, the re- are you with the result, and then how satisfied are you with Bayern's performance? Yeah, I'm pretty satisfied, I guess, with the result. With the performance, it's a bit of a longer story, I guess. I think they did a very good job on defense in a way. But I think I see it a bit differently than a lot of people do. Because uh, I I talked to a couple of people and I also watched Doppelpass this morning. uh, And many people seem to think that this was a tactical masterpiece by Niko Kovac. And I don't think I can agree there. I would think uh, it's more... I, I would rather dis- describe it in a pretty different way. I think we did not really find a solution for the gegenpressing, for the counterpress, but we still managed because the players played really good actual defense after that. But there really wasn't a solution to the gegenpressing, so I'm not very, very happy with that part. I think we need a better solution next time because you just can't you can't bet uh, the game on yeah not allowing any actual big chances, not allowing any goals with that kind of gegenpressing going on. So yeah, I hope with a bit with a bit better technical uh, te- technical with a bit better tactical approach next time i think it can be very very good but yeah for for now i liked a lot but uh, there were also a lot of things that i didn't like so much well we'll get to those tactical changes in a minute um but garrett do you agree do you think um maybe not the best performance from byron but still overall a pretty good result i think um based on what we were hoping to see I think it was a very good result in terms of, I, I totally agree with uh, Sebastian that maybe not an overall uh, tactical masterpiece, but I do think that it's um, um, a, a halfway masterpiece, I guess. I mean, I think, you know, you got the, you, he got the, the defense right. And, and that has been such a major issue to go up against Liverpool at, uh, at Anfield and, and shut them down. I mean, they had their chances. Uh, Sadio Mane missed quite a few chances, uh, flubbed them, I would even say. And he, uh, or the the way that Kovac set up the team and and uh, the tactics that he used to keep them from scoring, they were missing their back line. They were not missing anybody up front, and that that alone 
getting a clean sheet against that front, uh, totally, totally a good result. Um, it, as far as like the overall outcome, though, it keeps you alive, and I think that's the I think that's the biggest positive that comes away. Other than just hey, we finally got another clean sheet. It keeps you alive for the next leg, but we we're gonna. I'm sure we'll talk about it. Kimmich is going to be missing the second leg. Muller is still going to be out for another leg. Uh, it's not going to look not looking like Coman's going to be there. We're we're not setting up for the most optimistic of return legs. So, in and of itself, good result to get a draw on the road, clean sheet against a high-powered offense, but still definitely reasons for concern. Sebastian, would you agree? Or do you do you think that this uh, goalless draw kind of tipped the balance in Bayern's favor, or do Liverpool still very much have the advantage here? You think? I think it's as much fifty-fifty as it could be mm-hmm. uh, in that situation. So yeah, of course, Bayern with any home victory, uh, we're in the in the quarterfinals. That's very good. On the other hand, most most draws will be in Liverpool's favor. So that's the other other side. I, I think that's really as 50-50 as it gets in these kinds of situations. So well, Garrett, that's all right. Yeah. Garrett, you talked about the defense and how good they were against Liverpool. Um, and you brought up Liverpool didn't have any attackers missing from the game. So I guess the question that has to be asked is how can this Bayern Munich back line uh, and midfield even to an extent play so well against inarguably one of the top five attacks in the world? But fail to keep a clean sheet and you know over half of the Bundesliga games this season. I think I think, and I'm gonna kind of blend the uh, the Hertha game a little bit into this one. I think in both cases, you saw a defense that trusted the people in front of them and uh, and were willing to to take a role rather than to uh, be involved in the offense so much they were willing to say okay my role for this game is to stay back a little bit more to be kind of the calming influence i thought i thought boateng against uh hertha was fantastic in this regard that he seemed like he was very content to be the guy that if it was there's a set piece or something then he can get forward but otherwise he's willing to sit back um keep keep some uh some protection back there and, and just remain calm, uh, distributing the ball and everything. And I think that that's kind of what we saw against Liverpool was that they kind of remembered who they were defensively and, and thought, okay, not, we're not the speediest at this point, but we still are some of the better, best defenders in the world. We can do this. And I don't think that there was such a, uh, such an intense focus on getting those goals as a result, which, you know, we can argue whether they needed to or not, but what, for whatever reason it's, it worked and they were able to, to at least make the chances that Liverpool got, they, they made them a little bit hard on them. And, and that was kind of, that's kind of the big, the big takeaway, I think. Um, yeah, you talked about Jerome Voteng against Hertha Berlin yesterday, and I think Matt Hummels needs a mention for 
his exceptional performance against Liverpool. Yeah, um, absolutely. I think the argument could definitely be made that he was man of the match, but he actually wouldn't be my man of the match. And I think that uh, for me, so we'll go ahead and transition to that. For me, it's got to be Javi Martinez, who was you know brought back into the starting eleven for the first time in a long time. Uh, he'd been on the bench for a while under Niko Kovac, but um, it was, I guess, as vintage of a Javi Martinez performance in midfield as you can find. Uh, he was breaking up, you know, play after play, chasing down defenders, intercepting ball after ball, and um, we saw that he did the same thing yesterday against Hertha Berlin, took it a bit further even, uh, and scored a goal. So would you agree that against Liverpool he was man of the match? And then also, I guess, um, going forward, should he be a mainstay in, in Niko Kovac starting 11? Uh, Sebastian, I'll start with you. Yeah, for me, he clearly was the man of the match against Liverpool and maybe also against Hertha. Um, I think against Hertha, I might uh, pre- even prefer Boateng, but it just, it's really close, of course. Both were brilliant. And I do think I do think we need him right now. I think he should be an integral part of our central midfield at the moment. I think I was arguing for that way back, and I kind of, uh, I kind of, yeah, lost that over the last couple of weeks because I was not seeing the performances I was hoping he would have, he still have in him. And I think now we saw that he definitely is still got it. I think he's definitely still that player who can play like that and who can keep it together in the middle and get all those, uh, get get all those things right. And so I think we definitely need him right now. That said, I would hope we, we can do, develop one of our players into a substitute for him because you never know. We, we need to have a backup for him that works and that fits that same kind of role. So that's either going to be uh, Tolisso when, when he's ready to go, I think, or maybe Sanchez. I don't know. I think also that... Kimmich and Goretzka can still work in the central midfield, but yeah, it, it's not an option as long as we are playing with uh, with two uh, full backs. So not 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 something I would like to do right now, even if uh, Rafinha probably would like that. Mm, yeah, so I think we he's definitely the way to go right now. But we should really uh, really think about what we are going to do once he's not able to play. Well, we'll get to more on Rafinha in just one second. But, uh, Garrett, would you agree <laughs> Javi Martinez man of the match? Yeah, against Liverpool for sure. And I think I hesitate to, to call him a mainstay in the starting 11 going forward just because I I know we've we've seen when he's at the top of his game, like he's, he fills a really important role for Bayern. However, there are some times where he's kind of dropped off and been a little bit invisible and he seems to go to ground quite a bit in terms of, you know, going for, for slide tackles. Uh, there was a play against Hertha that he, he went for that. Um, fortunately, I think Boateng was back there to kind of clean it up, but, but that's just something that kind of worries me. But that having said that, having with that caveat, I think for the foreseeable future, he needs to be there because, that defense needs a player that is a little bit more physical. Uh, it's who is essentially a center back playing in the midfield. And uh, that I think is, is what, what Javi brings. And I think 
when you when he's when he's playing well like this, you have to have to stick him in there. It, it is a little bit concerning that we've scored one goal from in those two matches that he's been in. Uh, he scored that one goal though, so I mean, I guess you got to give him credit for that too. But but it is it's a little bit concerning, and 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 we'll see how Kovac deals with that. But given how how big of a struggle the defensively uh it seemed like they were ha- they were having seeing two clean sheets in a row i mean you have to keep you have to keep javi javi going and, and like i said he he has been fantastic in the past two matches another great thing about um the liverpool well i almost said the liverpool win but the liverpool draw um uh, week <laughs> was that david oliva and joshua kimmick both gave really really good defensive performances and that's yes. uh not something you usually expect from them. They're usually a lot better going forward, and especially Kimmich was, I thought, very, very good against Liverpool, someone that we have been questioning his defending all season. Uh, he stepped up and, and showed against one of the best wingers in Europe that he can very much play the defensive fullback role. Now, unfortunately, he picked up a yellow card pretty early in the first half, and uh, he's now going to be suspended for the second leg. Um, how big of a blow do you think this is for Bayern Munich, Sebastian? For me, that that's huge. Of course, you know that I'm not exactly a fan of Rafinha. Uh, his comments this week didn't really improve that, I guess. Rather on the contrary. And I agree that Kimmich uh, was maybe even better than Alaba against Liverpool. While it seems not all the outlets do agree with that interestingly i think kimmich was really really good I maybe agree. they may, maybe they they are seeing that yellow card is a big mistake i don't know uh because i think while i agree that alaba was also quite good there were at least three different situations where we nearly got in trouble because alaba uh, was too far up and are yeah he was missing on his side that was a problem several times there but yeah, uh, that's just a thing that's going to happen when you when you play against Liverpool with all those uh, very fast players up front. So yeah, not really a big issue. But yeah, what are we going to do now? Uh, Rafinha is not is not the solution for me. And yeah, I, I I would hope maybe maybe three at the back is the thing Kovac kept up his sleeve for situations like this. Maybe because if it's not. Yeah, that, that's a huge problem. I think you got you you have you have to hope that if if three in the back three in the back was ever going to happen that like that would be the time to to do it would be when your main right back is down you don't have a backup really then if uh you know with Rafinha and and, and Alaba who who's going to come in there and play if one of them gets injured during the match um the one thing that I kind of wonder is, you know, maybe they they don't technically go three at the back, but they kind of they push uh, Boateng out there and make him kind of play um, on that right side. He'd be a lot more stay at home than than Kimmich, obviously, or even Rafinha. Um, well, you think maybe he wouldn't, but but I know like way way in his past, he he's played a little bit there, so. It's a potential option. I, I would imagine we're going to see Rafinha, but uh, but who knows? But that that's the biggest concern for me coming out of that Liverpool match is that 
Kimmich is not going to be there. We're already going to be down. Uh, you know, Muller's not going to be in, and and now probably not Coman. And so it's it's we're looking at a pretty thin roster. That said, who knows? Maybe maybe this will be the time where we'll get to see some of those younger players, and <laughs> which isn't ideal to put them in the biggest match of the year, but. Um, but maybe will, and maybe I have to, maybe be forced. And so, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I, I, I would, like, in my mind, like, trying to work through this, I, I have more of a 3-4-3 three, three look, but, um, but I'm not a soccer manager in the slightest. So, we'll see. It's a, it's a bit unfortunate we don't have Tim here to defend Rafinha, <laughs> as, as we all know you would. Um, but I guess yeah. a, a question, a couple questions. If Kovac is wanting to go three at the back, don't you think we'd already be seeing that in the, you know, yeah. at least yesterday and in the upcoming matches? And then also that doesn't, I guess, completely solve the issue of um, who's playing on that right side because Kimmich is still gone. And so do you put Rafinha out wide right or Serge Nabry and take him away from the front? Maybe put Leon Goretzka, I would assume, would be the top yeah. choice uh, maybe for, for some, but... I don't know, Garrett. What do you think? Who would who would, just That's, hypothetically? Hypothetically, I would stick Goretzka out there on on the wide right, just because I think that he would. He's he's not defensive enough to give you to be a, a, a right back, but like if you stick him ahead, uh, I think he'd do a good, good enough job going back in defense to to be able to to handle that position. Um, but that that would be my ideal. I I think if you're going three at the back, you're not you're hoping that you don't have to play Rafinha at all. So uh, I, I, the one counterpoint I would say to to why haven't we seen a three at the back if he's going to do it is that we are currently well I guess after today's matches we're three points behind uh, Dortmund and so you're trying to keep pace in the Bundesliga so you're really not thinking you're going to try anything crazy uh, to, to not to drop too many points or whatever. And so you're playing it a little bit safer. And I think for the back right now is safer because it's what the team is used to. And then in a champions league situation where you have to win the game, there's no drawing. It, it may, you may be a little bit more apt to say, Hey, let's you know push our all our chips in and and go for it. So I don't know. Maybe that's not. Maybe that's faulty reasoning. But that that's kind of me holding on to the hope that that's there <laughs> because I do. I I don't want I don't want them to take that out of consideration simply because they haven't done it in a in a match. And I think there's I think there's plenty of opportunities between now and then to do it too. And I hadn't even thought about it that way really. And. Um, there's also, I guess, the possibility he doesn't want to play it and let Liverpool know what to expect. Um, and so maybe True. they're working on it hard in training and he'll pull it out for the for the Liverpool yeah. match. So uh, who knows? But thoughts, Sebastian? Do you agree with Goretzka moving out wide, hypothetically? Yeah, I totally agree with Goretzka on the right side. And uh, what you mentioned there, Ben, is actually uh, what I would probably have mentioned if you hadn't. Uh, it's probably w- wishful thinking there, but uh, right. yeah. Since we are, we are, all of us also, I think, kind of follow the NFL. I think it's, it's the same as it is there. If you want it to be, 
you get some new plays in there for the playoffs. You still want to keep some surprises. Uh, you don't don't want to show all uh, your, your, all of your hand at uh, at the beginning of the season. It could be. It's probably just wish, with wishful thinking. It's probably not very realistic, but it could be. I mean, it, it's something that could happen. It's not totally out there. It's not totally impossible. Right. It would be great, but yeah. I mean, at this rate, it's looking like we're just going to have to find whatever starting 11 we can and build the formation around that. Um, mm -hmm. With Kingsley Coman going down uh, yesterday. So um, before we transition into the Hertha Berlin game, we will have a, a bigger preview for the Liverpool match in a couple weeks, you know, closer to the game before the game when we know a little bit more detail. Um, so to move on, Bayern did. They barely beat Hertha Berlin yesterday 1-0. Uh, if you watched the match, I'm sorry, um, as I did. It was <laughs> a very long boring match and uh Javi Martinez got the scrappy header for the win it was pretty good decent header a uh, good ball by James in but yeah there really wasn't much going on in the match very I guess dull um so I guess the question is like I saw this kind of as a typical Bayern win after the Champions League game so if you watch a lot of big teams especially they have a tough game midweek and they just go into their their league game on the weekend and just want to get a win however that is so do you see this as that typical win after playing a tough game midweek? Or I guess should the lack of offensive threat, kind of like Garrett brought up earlier, should that lack of offensive threat really be concerning for Bayern? I think uh, both of these things are kind of true. I think we would probably have played better if it, if it wouldn't have come so uh, with so little time after the Liverpool game. On the other hand, I, th I think um, Bayern really played in the same way as they played against Liverpool. They played more conservative on defense. Uh, they played with more discipline, I guess you could say. Mm. And while this should not be a problem in the long term, it's certainly something you have to adjust to. So once you're not allowing your fullbacks and your central midfielders to play as offensively as they have, yeah, you need to find different solutions. You cannot just play the same kind of football that you have played before with such changes. And I think it also didn't really help uh, that Ribery played from the beginning. He's just not good for many surprises uh, these days. And I also think, especially after a game like that, I wouldn't have started Hamas. I think Hamas is not the kind of guy who goes in, into a match like that and says, okay, uh, we played Liverpool three days ago and now it's Hertha Berlin and I want to show what I can do. He does, just doesn't strike me as that guy. And that's fine. That's really fine in that situation. It's, it's really fine, I think. That's why I, I don't think I, I would have started him either. Of course, it's a shame that, that Coman uh, got injured again. So maybe that, that would have would have changed things. I, I think it, I was quite happy when, when he uh, when he came on, but yeah, it didn't last very long then. Mm. So I think we need to find new solutions there, but it, it should be it should be quite possible. We I think the offense will look better with more rest and uh, having adjusted to yeah several players not playing as far up the pitch as they used to. So we know Thomas Muller suspended for these. The Liverpool matches, and um, do you think Niko Kovac is right in keeping him out of these Bundesliga games? He's, you know, he hasn't started four consecutive matches in a row. Uh, I think for the first time since 2009, so basically since the beginning of his first team career at Bayern. 
Do you think that's a, the right call from Kovacs to keep him out, to keep the team ready to play without him, uh, Garrett? Or do you think we got to get Muller back in there? I think you got to get him back in there, if if only to get uh, Lewandowski kind of going, because I, I think he made comments this weekend yeah, that today. he 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 yeah that he prefers to have Muller back on the pitch, and because of the things that that he does that don't necessarily. They may not end up in an assist, and they may not end up in a goal, but they're they're doing things that are making it a little bit easier on other players, and I think that that's huge. I I think that he has to focus each competition on its own. On its own, you you can't look at who you're going to play in the Bundesliga and with one eye on Liverpool, you know, three weeks in, down the road or however long it is. There's there's plenty of time. To worry about that if if you're training you're you're working in uh in training on how to play without then that should be enough i would say at this level and so i think you you have to get him in and also i think because i, I do think that that muller for for all that all the crap that people give him for you know his technical skills or whatever it's, he's just not flashy. That's it. I mean, if you you talk to most um, most players, I forget who it was. I think it was it might have been Thierry Henry had said that if you're going to tell a kid to look at a player mm-hmm. and and emulate him, it's it's Mueller because he he doesn't do anything flashy, but he just knows how to get to the right spots. He knows how to do the right things. Um, so I think that that is a major thing that they need to get back in the lineup. And I think it would help not only Lewandowski, I think it would help Hamas as well. Cause I think Hamas is kind of feeling like he's got this pressure on his shoulders to do all this and to prove himself or whatever. But, uh, but without a guy like Muller, that's kind of that, kind of that rah, rah guy. I mean, Neuer is in, in the back, but he's how far away, mm-hmm. you know, during a match. I, so I think they need to get him in, and I think that they need to not be so concerned about what that's going to do in the Liverpool match because at this point, who knows what that Liverpool match that it's going to look like. You're, you're not going to want to play. I mean, if that were the case, we, we, would, we would not be playing Kimmich anymore mm-hmm. because he's not going to be there for the Liverpool match, so, why, so we need to get used to playing without him. So, no, throw that, throw that idea out the window. Focus on the matches that are ahead. Get Muller in there. And let's let's win the Bundesliga. I totally agree. Uh, wh- while I think it was a good idea that uh, Hamas played a lot of the games before the first Liverpool match, that was yeah. a good idea because he just hadn't played enough matches. He just he he had been injured. He had been on the bench for quite a long time, and he just needed these minutes. But that, he's perfectly fine right now, so I really don't see the use in yeah. Making him think, go play play for so, such a long time in this match—that's yeah. I don't I don't see the right. point. Yeah, and I think that the like the point you made about you know Hamas playing more leading up to that first Liverpool match. I think that first Liverpool match is more important to to get your your flow right because if you go into that that Liverpool match that first leg and you got people not used to playing with each other because Hamas had been out for so long. Then all of a sudden, that the whole the whole tie is lost 
potentially. Mm-hmm. At this stage in the game, you're already halfway there. So, you know, as you're playing throughout the rest of the matches, you've got a long, a lot longer period of time in training, on the pitch, whatever. By that point, you should be in good shape to be able to to switch up the lineup a little bit and not have to miss too much of a beat. So, yeah. So, More um, mola. On the topic of James, uh, with Coman looking to probably be out for the Liverpool match, do you think pushing James out to that left wing or pushing him to the right, moving Nabry to the left wing, might be a better solution than sticking with uh, the ineffectual Franck Ribery on the left side? Yeah, for sure. For me, I, 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 I really do think that Ribery can provide something valuable to this squad, but I think that that's coming off the bench, mm-hmm. you know, in the 70th, 75th, 80th minute and, and working some Frank Ribery magic. I don't, I, I think that when you do that from the get go, like we saw against Hertha, uh, it seems like Alaba has to push forward a lot more even than he wants to. And, and, and I don't know that that's the most effectual way to create offense. And uh, so, yeah, I think that maybe pushing Hamas out wide and playing him on the wing with with Ribery, on, or not Ribery, sorry, Nabry on the other wing, and then um, putting Goretzka in at the 10, I think that that is very realistic, and I think it could be effective. Mm-hmm. I think I'd, I'd rather uh, not actually put Goretzka on the 10. I think if we're going with uh, that setup with... Uh, with two fullbacks, I think I would rather have a funnel kind of formation uh, with uh, Javi in the middle and Thiago and Goretzka mm-hmm. somewhat in front of him as a double eight. I think that would the way, would be the way to go for me to make it especially clear that that it's Javi's job to get those balls to stay at stay at the back the furthest because yeah I, I have I, I kind of have nightmares of those games. Where Thiago and Javi played together, and Javi was always, I don't know, five meters or, or so in front of Thiago. Oh, that was just so awful. Uh, I, I don't want to see any, any of that anymore. So, I guess the best way to make sure that that doesn't happen is to, uh, to have Goretzka and Thiago as a double eight. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you too, um, Sebastian. And not only that, I think that that trio would complement each other very well um, because mm-hmm. Goretzka and Thiago both will track back from the eight, but they're also both very um threatening in attack and yeah. um see Gretzka can shift out to the right if need be Tiago has played left wing in the past and can uh mix it with James so I think I actually suggested something kind of similar if Coman was going to be injured for the first Liverpool game so um mm. that's what I would say uh, here going forward um something interesting or not I guess interesting a little disappointing about yesterday's game is that we still didn't get to see any of Renato Sanchez um, he might have come in maybe if Kingsley Coman hadn't have got injured just nine minutes after coming on, but it's not really been the season that we kind of hoped it would be for Sanchez, and it's not really been the season that it looked like it was going to be for Sanchez after he had a run of few games uh, early on under Nico Kovac. So I don't know, Garrett, what do you think's going on there? Just still not, still he's still not developed enough, maybe, or um, just not breaking into the squad. I think it's just a depth issue. I think he's just he's behind. Uh, Goretzka and Thiago and Javi Martinez and and it, there's not much there's not much place to put him if you're not going to put him ahead of any of those guys 
And um, usually it's not just those three. So it's not a case of, you know, you can swap one of those guys out and get him in. It's usually, you're usually getting two of those three on the pitch at the same time. And, um, and so it's, I think it's just a numbers game for him right now. And he hasn't done anything in training or really when he was playing at the beginning of the year, he hasn't done anything to make you think, Oh, we have to get him on the pitch mm-hmm. to, you know, and, and so it's a little bit unfortunate, but he's still very young and I don't expect that. I don't know. I, I, I kind of expect one of those three guys to be gone uh, next year. So I don't know. I think he'll probably be in a better position to, to overtake and, and to get more playing time. Um, we saw that alone doesn't work <laughs> for him. <laughs> and uh, so I, I, I don't know. I, I'm not giving up hope on him for any, uh, by any means, but, but I also, I also understand that from, from a numbers perspective and the fact that we're very much in the, the race for all, all three, uh, the, the Pokal and, and the Champions League and Bundesliga, uh, it's it's a little bit harder to to stick him in and, and experiment with who he plays well with. I think uh, one of the most valid criticisms of Kovac has been uh, his at times bit pointless, a bit awkward substitutions, and I think uh, a lot of that was wasted and could have uh, better uh, could have been better to uh, bring Sanchez in there more often. I, I think that would certainly have been possible. Of course, we have no idea how well he's playing in training. Maybe he's just not good enough in training. Maybe the others are just better there. But, yeah, I, I think there would have been chances to give him more minutes, uh, to give him the, the opportunity to show what he can do. Because right now, just from watching the games, I don't think I have a clear idea what's his best role in, in, this, uh, in this squad, in this system. And I would really like to know. As I said, maybe he could be the guy to back up Martinez. That's a role that's definitely going to be open for the rest of the, for the rest of the season. We, I, I think we're we are we are not going to be able or not going to want to play Javi Martinez in each and every match. Mm-hmm. So that could definitely be a role that would be open. And also, yeah, also we haven't seen him seen him play a lot. Uh, at all, so we don't re- haven't really seen him in the kind of football we're playing right now on an eight po- on a more eight like position. So I really would uh, would would think it would have been possible to give him more minutes, and it would have been great to give him more minutes. Um, and I also would like to add, I think uh, I hope we, we are going to see him play a bit more in the upcoming matches, and I also hope we're going to see uh, Davies a bit more because. If we're really serious here, um, there are there are not going to be so many options for 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 offensive substitutions in in the second leg against Liverpool. So Davies is going to be one of your go-to guys there because we are just out of options. Yeah, I was going to bring up Davies actually, uh, yeah. but you you beat me to it. Um, he played with the second second team today, and. Um, he actually wasn't the standout player. It was Wu Yong Zhang scored a hat trick for the second team today, mm-hmm. and we yeah. know that he is capable enough on the wings, you know, on his own. So, yeah, my question was going to be, um, do you think that Zhang deserves his call up 
to the first team as much as Davies? Um, or do you think Davies kind of playing with the second team is mostly just to get him some minutes, get him you know some time under his belt with the idea that he's going to have to be getting in some more serious games soon? Garrett, since you are a North American. Oh, yeah. I, I, uh, I think... I think I'd prefer to see Jong, to be honest. Um, I I love what Alfonso Davies can do, and I think he's going to be a really good player for Bayern. I do like the idea of rewarding a guy who came up through the academy and is doing really well for the second team. I, I like the idea of rewarding a guy like that with more playing time for the first team when the opportunity opens up from a whether it's due to injury or just poor play or whatever, I, I kind of like that idea better. Um, but I do think I, the thing the the Davies is new and shiny and, mm-hmm. uh, and he's, and he's kind of a more of a flashy player. And I really like the confidence that he plays with uh, that we were, we've able, been able to see in the short time that he's been on the pitch. But um, I, I think that, the second team is probably a good spot for him right now to, to get used to playing in Germany and, and just kind of get used to the club a little bit more. Uh, and, but ultimately, like I said, I just kind of like to reward Jung for being, for working his way through the club a little bit more and, and, and getting it, getting a chance that way. Well, I guess from my perspective, it's not so important which one of the guys it's going to be, but we need one of those guys to be ready when we need some more offensive firepower against yeah, Liverpool. Yeah, I think yeah. that's the more important thing there. And I guess another another uh, thing about Davies is I think he's the more natural substitute for Coman or Gnabry. Mm-hmm. He's just the most similar player. He's probably more the the kind of guy you plug in there, and it kind of works out. But I, I would also be very very fine with Jong. I, of course, I have not been watching uh, the training, and I have not been uh, been watching the second team consistently. So, who knows? Yeah, yeah. I guess there's a chance um, one or both of them could be in the, uh, if not in the starting eleven in the squad this weekend. When Byron do play Gladbach, uh, it's in the late game on Saturday. So, looking ahead to that match, we'll have a couple questions. Um, first, if you're Nico Kovac, do you stick with what's been working for Byron? Stick with, I guess, your same starting 11 that you've been with over the past couple of weeks? Or shake things up, maybe give some younger guys a chance, or try out a new tactical approach? Because this is Gladbach, a very strong team, but also a team that's been in pretty poor form over the over the last few weeks. So... We need the win, but there's also this opportunity. What do you guys think, uh, Garrett? I can already tell you're struggling with this one. Well, I just, I just worry. To me, it feels like a match that is either going to be. It just feels like a match that's going to be really frustrating from our perspective because Gladbach have been in such poor form. It just seems like it would just make sense that they would have a good match against us. <laughs> I mean, I think they they beat us. Where they they beat us three one three zero I think in the Henry three zero, and uh, and most and I, if I can remember back to that match, it seemed like most of those goals were good goals. It wasn't just simply Bayern, you know, uh, making mistakes. And so there's they're very dangerous, and and so that worries me. I guess from a what does Kovac do? I would 
I would prefer to see him get Miller on the pitch. I think that you go with kind of that 4-3-3 look that we were talking about with uh, Javi as the six. And um, and then, and like uh, you guys actually both mentioned pushing Hamas out to a wing maybe, or uh, I guess if you're going to do a 4-3-3, it'd probably, probably look more like Thiago and Goretzka as double eights and then um, Muller, Nabri on the wings and Lewandowski up there. I think that the main thing there is I think that you keep your your approach of being conservative from a defensive uh, perspective, but I, but I think that you maybe loosen the reins a little bit to try to produce some offense again. And I think that, uh, I think that that's going to be, I think that's going to have to, going to have to be uh Muller induced, uh, Muller induced offense. So that's what I kind of hope to see. Yeah, I pretty much agree. Uh, I say stick with what's working in terms of tactics, but do change some of the players. That, that's uh, what I would do there. Um, I guess we can also take into account uh, the theoretical uh, possibility of uh, three at the back still being uh, a thing that might happen against Liverpool. Even if it is, I think I would not do it against Gladbach right now because... Yeah, that one match is not going to make a huge difference, even if it's going to be two or something. It's just not going to be that huge of a difference. The surprise is going to help us more than actually seeing it against Gladbach, I think. So either way, I, I would stick with uh, w what has been working with Javi Martinez on the actual six with, uh, with two fullbacks and a more conservative approach. I would definitely want to see Müller. I think Javi Martinez would not even hate to get uh yeah a bit a bit of time on the bench. I think that that would be okay for him at this point since he knows he's going to play in the in the very important match against Liverpool. It's basically guaranteed. So, I think that's going to be perfectly fine. I would definitely play Müller and yeah, maybe put Sanchez in there even. I don't know how he how he's doing in training right now, so but but I would love to see more of him. I maybe Maybe after the half or something. I completely agree on the uh, more Muller um, thing. That could just—I just want a shirt that says "More Muller." There's never a time. <laughs> there's never a time where you don't want more Muller, or where I don't want more Muller. Um, one more question about the upcoming match on Saturday: Who are you keeping an eye on on both sides? I guess who do you kind of expect to be the key players? Uh, so if you need a second to think over, I'll go ahead and give mine. Um, for Bayern, I'm actually not going to go with Lewandowski as usual, even though he has not scored in, in a bit. I'm going to say whichever of the veteran center backs play, or if both of them play, um, my eyes are on them. So either Boateng or Hummels, um, they both had really good games in the past past week, and I really want to see how that carries over or if that carries over, because I would love for both of them to reach you know the heights that they were a year or two ago, you know, two of the best center backs in the world. I'd love to see them get back to being two of the best center backs in the world. So my eyes will be on them. And then, of course, uh, Torgan Hazard. He started off the season so good, and he's kind of fallen off recently, uh, as has Gladbach. So he's a player I'm interested in seeing how he performs against Bayern. And um, at the same time, uh, they've got a midfielder that's extremely good, Dennis uh, Zakaria. Zakaria. Yeah, that's what I think. Zakaria. Right. Yeah, he, he's fun to watch. Um, so I want to see how he goes up against this this Bayern midfield. So that's my 
I guess, three or four players that I'll be watching. Yeah, I would say for me, Zakaria is probably the guy that I'm most interested in watching anyway, uh, because he seems to do a lot of different things for Gladbach. And, and he's not necessarily the name that you would think right away. I mean, I think when you think Gladbach, you, you go to Plie, you go to uh, Torgen Hazard, you go to uh, Lars Stindl, perhaps. Uh, but Zagarea is uh, a player that has... He came... I think he came over to them last season uh, and, and as kind of a young guy from the Swiss league, I believe. And, and, and now he's kind of found his place with that squad. And so he's going to be kind of an interesting guy to keep an eye on, um, in the midfield, um, from, from a Bayern perspective, I, that is a, that's something that I was kind of, I was going to bring up if you didn't was, uh, you know, who does play between Holmes and Boateng. We've seen both of them play really well in their last match, um, in a, in a couple matches for Hummels. Um, but so I, 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 I think that I would go with Homos just because he was having such a good run. And I don't think um, you may you may necessarily take him out just because you rested him for a match and, and Boateng uh, played really well. I think that that's a good problem to have. But um, but hopefully uh, they 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 come to a, a good decision there. Um, but so having said that, I think my my player. For Bayern, the the key guy is is going to be uh, is going to be James because I do think that he's going to keep getting playing time because despite what it seems like a lot of people are trying to say, I think Kovac wants him to be the guy. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I think that Kovac wants him to be the number ten that. Uh, that we think he can be. And I think he's going to give him every effort or every opportunity to do it. And, and I think that that's the, in the long run, that's what's going to be good for this, this current iteration of Byron is for Javi or Hamas to, to really uh, show up as a, a big time player. Um, hopefully that, like you said, uh, I want more Muller. So I hope that it doesn't come at the expense of, him uh, not playing, but I do think Hamas has to play a, a big role in the Gladbach match because it is a big match. It's a potentially a match that could, you know, keep a. It, we're at, at the very least, it's going to keep pace with with Dortmund. So it's a big match. It, he needs to come through and really show that he can help Lewandowski uh, score, um, and with or without Muller. So um, he's going to be my my key player. Okay, uh, my key players for Bayern, I think uh, my key player or key players is whoever's going to accompany Javi Martinez in the middle. Because I think we're still trying to find the, the ideal composition there. Uh, and now, while we have fixed uh, the defensive aspect of that, I think now we have to fix the offensive aspect of that. We still need, need to be more creative on offense, and that needs to start at the double six or at the eight or whatever you're going to call it. So I will be uh, watching closely how that's going to work out against Gladbach. And on the other side, I think my key player is, uh, if he's playing, I think he will, but it's not quite clear, Lars Stindl. He's the captain of that squad. And 
He's also kind of one of the guys who's responsible for not having any goals in the last match. Hmm. So he's heavily, heavily involved in their offense. He's the captain. And I think uh, he's going to be an, an integral part of not letting uh, this season turn into something ugly. Uh, they have started so great, but now they are really in crisis mode, I think. And the captain, who's also going to be responsible for goals, is going to play a very important role in that. Well, there you have it, listener. There's players all over the pitch uh, for you to keep your eye on. So, um, But that's all we have for today. Follow us on Twitter and get in touch with us there with any questions, feedback you may have at SuperByronPod. Or you can email us at SuperByronPod at gmail.com. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or whatever podcast catcher you use. Uh, Be sure to leave a review, give us a like, and tell all your friends. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.